Hello, friends. Today's guest is my dude, Matt Vincent, and Matt has returned to the show amongst many travels. Matt has outfitted his Tundra with one of the coolest fucking kits I've ever seen so he can travel and camp pretty much anywhere, anytime. He's also an international traveler, so he can't drive across the Atlantic yet, but uh, he's been all over the world, and it's something that I wanted to dive into with him because um, it's something I want to do more of. You know, I travel often for work. I know a lot of people have very busy schedules, but as discussed with Aaron Alexander and some of these other really high-level thinkers, the more convenient we make it, the easier the option is. And so I talk about how he's leveled up his convenience for travel. I also talk to him a bit about all the surgeries that he's undergone, the pain that he's in, how he's managed that. I think it's a topic we touched on in our first episode together, but Dude's gone into the knife yet again. So, and I think he's got uh, another surgery on the way. So we really dive into those practices that have made the most amount of impact in his life in terms of coming out of the healing process and what that looks like on the other side. I know you guys are going to dig this one. There's a number of ways you can support the show. Click subscribe, never miss an episode. Leave us a five-star review. That way other people will catch word of this show with one or two ways the show has helped you out in life and support our sponsors. We've got some great ones today. Butcher Box is back and they're doing the bacon special. Unlimited bacon. Bacon in every single box for life if you sign up now and you'll get $20 off your first order. Butcher Box makes it easy to get high quality, humanely raised meat that you can trust. Every month, Butcher Box delivers 100% grass fed and grass finished beef, free range organic chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild Alaskan salmon directly to your door. Plus, shipping is always free. The incredible quality of ButcherBox meat starts with the commitment to humanely raised animals that are never given antibiotics or added hormones. By taking out the middleman and purchasing direct from a collective of ranches, ButcherBox is able to buy the meat at a lower cost and pass those savings on to you. Choose from four curated boxes or customize your own box so you can get exactly what you and your family will love. Now, I absolutely love these guys. I mentioned before how much I like their pork. Uh, pork chops is something that I don't often buy at the store because I don't necessarily trust the quality, even if I'm at a high-end store. But with these guys, I know what I'm getting. And I fucking love pork chops. I also love bacon-wrapped pork chops, and I love everything else these guys do. They actually have my favorite wild-caught Alaskan salmon, and it's a real treat when I pull that out of the box, thaw it out, and we have a fish night because that's not always something that I'm going to buy due to the cost of fish when I get into a high-end grocery store. Again, these guys make it affordable, and if you act now, you'll get $20 off your first box in addition to free bacon for life included in every box with your subscription. So head over to butcherbox.com Kingsbury. That's butcherbox.com Kingsbury, and you will get extra bacon in every box on the house for life plus $20 off your first order. Next, we've got Comrade Socks. Comrade Socks makes the best compression socks I've ever worn. Uh, I've been using compression socks for some time now. Some are kind of hit and miss. I go to like an elite level running store and try out a new pair and some of them work, some of them don't. I've tried every one of Comrade Socks and I absolutely love them. I use them for travel. I think it's incredibly important when I'm in a long car ride or on a flight to wear compression socks, but also while I'm working out, you know, and it, Oftentimes, I'll be running on pavement, which is not ideal. It's definitely not ancestral. And as a man who weighs 230 plus pounds, it can be an issue with the repetitive stress of pounding my feet, ankles, and joints. But with the compression socks, I actually feel quite a bit of reduced pain and also enhanced recovery. 
There's a lot of science that points to this. They use lab-tested true graduated compression, which is the kind that's medically proven to help the circulation of blood from your feet back towards your heart. They're extremely comfortable thanks to the padded toe and heel cushion and slide-free cuffs that keep socks up all day. Smart Silver antimicrobial technology prevents odor-causing bacteria, so socks stay fresher longer. Since launching in 2017, they've sold over 200,000 pairs of socks and helped tens of thousands of people discover the power of compression for everyday wellness. And you know, we've got Christmas coming up or any other holiday, Hanukkah, any other massive gift exchange holiday typically happens at the end of the year. It's a very important time of year to give gifts and to show people how much you love them. And buying somebody a pair of Comrade socks is the exact way you can stuff a stocking with meaning behind it. They got a special offer for my listeners. You can receive 20% off your Comrade purchase by going to comradesocks.com slash Kyle and using the code word Kyle at checkout. That's comradesocks.com slash Kyle. Use code word Kyle at checkout and you'll get 20% off your entire order of Comrade Socks. Next, we've got my absolute favorite cardio equipment on the planet, and that's Concept 2. Concept 2, most people know from the rower, which is the leader. It's, it's fucking, to be perfectly honest, it's, uh, it's what Kleenex is to tissues. If you're using a rower in the gym, most likely it's a Concept 2 rower. And they use it in the CrossFit games. It is just an absolutely fantastic way to train that is completely low impact. It works the posterior chain of the body, and it's an excellent way to get multiple forms of cardio in. What I mean by that is whether I'm training my aerobic base, doing nasal breathing or altitude training with my hypoxical mask, I can do a 10K row or a really long ski erg or a really long bike. They got a brand new bike that is absolutely phenomenal. And as I've mentioned to you guys before, you can get all three of these products for under three grand. So they make an incredibly effective, reliable product in every one of these categories at a very fair price tag. Now, a lot of you are going to be saying, what the fuck happened by the end of December? And you're going to look at your body and you're going to know, maybe you had a little too much booze. Maybe you had uh, not enough workouts. Maybe you ate a little too much food and everyone wants to get back on the train starting January 1st. Well, don't wait for that to happen. Obviously, pay attention to the food that you eat. My wife has an amazing ebook that's coming out very shortly here at kingsboo.com. You can check out some of the recipes we use around the holidays for pies and uh, things of that nature so you don't pack on the pounds. But bottom line is, order the Concept2 stuff now. If you go to concept2.com, and that's to the number, concept2.com, you can find any one of their amazing products that all works synergistically. Truthfully, I'm very happy that I have all three, something I've been using in the Onnit gym since I started here over two years ago. And now that I have it in my garage, it has become absolutely fantastic. Convenience, as I talked about with my man, Matt Vincent, and with Aaron Alexander and Ben Greenfield, convenience is key in anything in life. And walking through my garage, knowing I have those machines there, there's never an option not to do it. It's right in my face. And it's something that will not collect dust because of the fact that even when I get hurt, there's still a machine that I can use. So if I get a little banged up in jujitsu between one of those three machines, I can continue to work on my cardio, my anaerobic training, and my aerobic training, all with the Concept2 gear at concept2.com. Last but not least, onit.com has everything you need to know about training your own damn self. So again, as I mentioned Concept2, as I mentioned the closing out of 2019 and the beginning of 2020, the Onnit 6 programs are it, and they're the ones that are going to help you master your own body. We have a bodyweight program that allows you to reconnect 
to everything you do outside the gym. It is absolutely essential to even high-end athletes. It's a program that I went through and was blown away by. I focus a lot on powerlifting, running, jujitsu, and different forms of cardio with the Concept 2 gear. I like high-intensity intervals. I like a lot. But one of the things I negate to do is bodyweight exercise. The Onnit 6 bodyweight program will teach you yoga, recovery, high-intensity intervals, and everything in between through a very systematic approach, including what you should eat. I joined in alongside Aubrey Marcus and went through nutritional details. Aubrey Marcus went through the motivational details. And there's a lot included in the Onnit 6 program that goes outside of your training. We've also launched the Onnit 6 kettlebell program as well as the Onnit 6 steel mace program. So if you have not been able to make it out here to Onnit HQ for a kettlebell or steel mace cert, have no fear. We show you the exact proper techniques alongside teaching you how to flow with a kettlebell and a mace. They are phenomenal. They'll get you through this first part of the new year and get your body back in no time. You can check it out at onnit.com. Thank you guys for tuning into the show today and let me know what you think. All right, we've been clapped in. Clapped I mean, in. <laughs> Eric, we've been Eric Clapton. <laughs> we got, uh, that's a shout out to my boy, Eric Godsey, who loves to throw out the puns. Um, I, you probably haven't seen it yet. There's uh, Mr. Peabody and Sherman, the movie. They used to be on Rocky and Bullwinkle, but they did a kid's movie. I'm familiar with Peabody and Sherman. It's not nonstop. It's nonstop puns. Just puns. So that's that's a uh, pay a little homage to Eric Godsey who was just on the podcast. We're just talking drugs right yeah. from the jump. Right from jump. Yeah. Um, there's much more than that I want to get into with you because uh, we're obviously doing much more than that. Right. But um, yeah, you're talking talking surgeries here. Let's talk about that. Let's surgeries. talk about the healing process. I know we touched on that before, but you've had. Uh, some other surgeries since the last time you were on the show. Yeah, I've had, uh, so we've, we've wrapped it at nine. I feel like that's enough. <laughs> um, April, uh, April 9th this year, I got a total knee replacement. So they chop off the top of the tibia. They chop off the bottom of the femur, replace those parts with metal, uh, back of the kneecap with metal. And then there's a poly piece that kind of goes in as a meniscus, like a spacer. And, uh, it's, it's weird compared to the other stuff I did, like ACLs or the high tibial osteotomy or the OATS procedure, any of these other surgeries I'd had, because like you're walking on it that day. And so for me, coming out of chronic pain, like I was out of chronic pain. Now I had surgical pain, right? But I've done it long enough now to know the difference between this is tissue pain that's going to heal and it's stiff from surgery. But my fucking knee doesn't hurt anymore. And I could feel that from jump. Wow. And I was like, okay. You know, this is, and that was, I remember, man, I remember going in and talking to my doctor and like being that desperate with where I was with it to say, like, I, I need some reassurance here that this is the surgery. Like, this is going to make things better because if it, if it doesn't and things are worse after this surgery than they have been, like, I'm desperate enough, I'm going to figure out how to get rid of the leg. I can't do this anymore. And he was like, I remember just being in tears and talking to him about it. And, you know, just in that backed into a corner tired. And he's like, we're, we're taking away all the parts that hurt. We're putting in new ones. We're not fixing an old engine with only the parts available. We're putting a new engine in. Okay. And I'm like, cool. I like that, you know. Well, that so. got us. That got us on the topic of drugs, and not not the psychedelics that I would like to talk about. <laughs> we we definitely can go that route if necessary. But yeah. uh, just these other drugs, and you know, I had I I 
I'm not sure how far I went into it when I did the solo podcast it was episode 12. We'll link to that in the show notes where I dive into my battle with depression and uh, attempted suicide right after college. But it really was a cascade of the perfect storm of undealt with shit from my childhood meets no direction or purpose in life meets right. all the wrong drugs from big pharma. And, um, you know, to put it plainly, I think the ones that felt the best, you know, thankfully I've, I've always been averse to opiates. If I had, you know, I've snorted Oxycontin and right. thrown up for hours and thought, you know, just that's, a, it's not, not your thing. It. Not your yeah, it's not worth it. I could see, you know, before the, the nausea, how that could be very addictive. Yep. But the ones that I really gravitated towards in college were anti-anxiety meds like Valium, Klonopin, and Xanax. And the right. reason for that is you feel fucking great. Because you feel You feel great. great. And any anxiety, you know, I, and, and again, I've mentioned this, I think, on the the last time I was on Rogan's, that this beautiful quote from Dr. Gabramate, at the root of all addiction is trauma. At the root of all of it, whether it's a shopping addiction, a sex addiction, um, alcohol addiction, drug addiction, we have so many different addictions in life, but they all stem from some piece of pain. And uh, thinking about that, anytime we use the Western model to fix that, it's putting patchwork on a ship with holes. It's like just right. going around and throwing a Band-Aid on it. And if the Band-Aid breaks, you throw another Band-Aid. It doesn't solve the issue. And so, and that's, again, There, you will hear an argument on both sides of this. Well, SSRIs saved my life. Cool. Well, I'm not taking that so from you. So why not use both? Yeah, I'm not taking that from you. But to say you have a chronically low serotonin and that needs to be fixed pharmaceutically doesn't address why it became low in the first place. It's not fucking genetics. Genetics, genetics are the way our body can manifest disease. They're not a guarantee of disease. Input-output creates disease. So whether that's external environment or internal environment, and that's where the work of Joe Dispenza, Dr. Joe Dispenza and Dr. Bruce Lipton and Greg Braden and a lot of his other people right now are beginning to put forth scientifically is that internal environment matters just as much. So if the internal environment is fucked because you haven't dealt with things and you take anti-anxiety medication to deal with anxiety, it's going to get rid of the anxiety, but it's only patchwork. It right. doesn't remove the core issue, but right? I, look, I think, and that's, it. maybe I'm backwards on this, but I mean, I think anxiety exists for a purpose. Like whether that's some shit I don't have in check or, you know, I, I guess I look at it the same way. I, I almost look at it like, I mean, I get anxiety before I compete. I get anxiety before competitions and stuff like that. But I always treated that as that extra thing that I got to use. You can use it as excitement. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. To, to, to have that anxiety kind of, you know, people piss and moan about social media and get anxiety from social media and this problems with it, right? But like your phone and social media don't have an opinion. They don't care. It's, it's the same like metaphor that people use about uh, like heroes and cowards with fire. It's no less dangerous to the hero than it is the coward. And so, I mean, you can either choose to use that fire to forge tools, warm your family, cook all your meals, or you can let it get out of control and burn your fucking house down. The fire doesn't care either way. It's how you decide to, to, to manage it. And so using that anxiety and using that little bit of extra like, okay, let's go get our shit together. Let's stop pushing this off and let's address why we feel this way. Are we unhappy? 
Was there something that we need to probably go get some therapy for and sort out and work through? Is there a route to plant medicine or is there medications that we need to use to manage this to get down, further down the path? Yeah. As a temporary solution. Correct. Right. You know, that I, and sometimes I, you know, I need this to keep moving while we're sorting something out, mm-hmm. you know, cause I mean, you can work through those trauma issues and those problems, you know, while using a dose of something so that you're not locked in. Yeah. Yeah. If you can create enough space to process. Right. The idea is to look at it. The idea right. is to process. If you're on so much that everything's happy and <laughs> glory, yeah. then no, it's not. Because the issue then is when you get off, right. all that shit you didn't deal with is still there. Hey, it's there. Right? Yeah. Still there. Still waiting for you. Still happy to be there. Still saying, hey, look at me, look at me, look My at chronic me. chronic pain. Yeah. And I think about that, but you were, you were mentioning like, um, if there was one thing from your surgeries you were worried about, it was Versted. Right? Versed, yeah, Versed, that's yeah. So it, it's essentially the volume that they give you at the hospital for anxiety because it's amazing. <laughs> it is, <laughs> it is just happy. Things are great, like just pink cloud, just floating around, just as good as can be. And um, yeah, if I if I had that as a recreational tool, I'd probably get in trouble. That's no the doubt. only one I've ever felt that like I have to keep that one way over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but other than that, like opiates for me, they they serve a purpose. Like I've always been able to, you know, for, for pain management for me, you know, CBD, especially, and for me, CBD, smoking CBD is the best way that I find that it manipulates my system. Um, outside of that, THC and cannabis have been really, really great for me. Um, even microdosing psilocybin has done a lot for pain management and kind of how I feel about pain. And then, I mean, if I'm done something stupid in the gym and trashed myself and now I'm at an eight on the pain scale, like that's where if I can exist for if I've got them, you know, they're not for the three. Yeah. And so if I'm taking them for threes, they don't work so good at eight. But if I only need one every six weeks, you know, it's a tool like it doesn't care. It doesn't have I mean, we invented these for a purpose. These drugs and they should be treated with respect the same way. They're not an answer; they're a tool. Like yeah. let let's get out of pain, not cover up feeling like you're in pain. Yeah, big time. Let's talk about that too. What what are some of the ways you mentioned? Obviously, the help from different constituents within cannabis, the microdosing psilocybin, and and, and for people with, it's actually a really cool uh, organization called Clusterbusters.org. So for people who suffer from uh, drug-resistant migraines, and these are like mm. the worst scale of migraines, um, they take high-dose psilocybin, and that's the only thing that gets rid of it. Wow. Well, I fought, uh, you know, podcast producer extraordinaire Ryan Giles was just talking about uh, a podcast that Jason Ellis just recorded with Aubrey out in L.A., and Aubrey had mentioned to Jason that I had a headache for 48 hours after the fight. Yeah. And the only thing that got rid of it was psilocybin. The fucking just shut it down. Yeah, the the uh, and it and it and it got rid of it. It didn't manage it. It actually removed the pain in my head. Wow. And I had taken ibuprofen. I had taken other things to try to help, and it just it just it was still there. You know, it might have numbed it a little bit, but so it was still are there. Are you talking microdose level, or are you talking? For me, it was you know probably uh, not a micro, but not concert dose either i mean it's all relative to the person's yeah, experience of course, but right. it was probably in the range of a gram or two okay you know i had a, a microdose before the fight of 100 milligrams and then um 
another 100 milligrams that night once I realized I had a pretty pounding headache. And then the next day when I woke up with it, had a gram or two. And then that was like, that just cut it all out. So Weird. It's like getting punched in the head yeah. delivers headaches. Yeah, it's yeah, very it's strange. That works, especially when you're not used to it. <laughs> Tough but, uh, correlation. <laughs> but, um, you know, the, again, like there are, there are tools for those things. What are the things outside of that that you've done for your knee and hip that really have helped? You know, obviously we, we're good buddies with Dr. Kelly Surrett. Right. We know about mobility. We know about fascia. We know about unlocking parts of the body to create space for the body so it's not all locked into the joint. You know, in the, the knee, there's not a ton, especially with the shape that my knee was in. Once it's, it's bone on bone, like we're not stretching that to get better. Like it's just in bad shape. Um Really, the big stuff that helped me were were contrast, hot and cold baths. Uh, ice bath really did a pretty good job of managing uh, like inflammation, and so I really started switching everything to whatever would eliminate inflammation. Um, I've had good luck dietary wise doing vertical diet, like with Stan Efferding and stuff like that. Pretty basic rice, meat, very clean, sweet potatoes, sweet potatoes, chicken, you know, fish, stuff like yeah. that, and. That worked well for me as far as maintaining a body weight and getting a little bit leaner as I'm continuing to do it. But it didn't it didn't seem to tick off the inflammation the same way that doing keto did for me. And so I've made the switch back to keto within the last month, and it seems to kind of be chilling my hip out a little bit. Now again, if it's, oh, my hip's feeling pretty good and I decide to do something dumb, and, and something dumb would be like, so we just got back from three weeks in Iceland. And as I landed in Iceland, I got a, a text from my buddy that we're, we were staying with, Hasey. And he's like, uh, uh, Haffy's having a, a contest next weekend. They're doing a max log and a max deadlift. I signed you up. And I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> like, well, we're here to party. So I'll get up and manage one day of heavy lifting. And then it felt fine. Didn't have any pain after the contest. Ended up pulling 550 and then uh, just missed a, like a 319 log. And, That's um, the overhead log press? Yeah, overhead log wow. press. So glad I had my strongman little bit of background there to play <laughs> with. Um, but then pulled heavy in, in his gym a couple weeks later, and my hip just went real bad on me. And I'm like, yeah, yep, that that was dumb, and that hurts. And so the keto's not going to fix that. But it can definitely, like, I look at everything as just trying to steal a point. You know, if I'm at 90% and if I can steal one point from keto and I can steal another point from ice bath and I can steal another point, you know, I can get to 85, yeah. you know, whatever I can do to knock it down and manage it a little bit. And especially it seems that dietary wise, I'll stay out of inflammation longer. And so if that's the key, then that's the way she's going to ride. Yeah. That's such a cool point you brought up. It reminds me of this podcast I had with uh, James Clear. He wrote Atomic Habits. Okay. It's for sure my favorite book on ha on habits. And uh, I was about to say, for sure, my favorite book on Atomic Habits. He's the only guy who's written a book called Atomic, Atomic Habits. Habits. So yeah, yeah that's the number easy... one Atomic Habit book on the market. <laughs> <laughs> it's clearly the best. Yes. Um, but yeah, he talks about that. As you, as you create, as you have a system, say, say you look you watch your thoughts like a hawk. You pay attention to what's needed. You prioritize what's needed in life and you start to tick off these boxes, right? And create new habits around the things that matter most. There can be a gung-ho approach where you want to do everything at once. Some very small sliver of people can actually accomplish that. Most people do better when they, when they bring in one new habit change sure. at a time, right? He says the goal isn't to master any single one thing. It's to gain 1% in each category. Right. And if you do that that's where this thing umbrellas out into a balloon of 
gains in all directions yep. in, a, in a balloon of, of systematically approaching life differently that affects all things because there's a slight improvement everywhere. Yeah. And enough slight improvements yield a big change. Big time. And then I kind of look at that too is like, well, then all of my eggs aren't in one basket of like, well, if I drink this miracle shake every morning, I feel pretty good. But shit, I don't have the miracle shake because I'm traveling and I'm, I'm fucked. Like, yeah. So instead, I've, you know, I don't always have access to an ice bath. I don't always have access to the, the sauna or hot tub, but I can choose what I eat every day. Keto is the easiest thing to do while traveling of all the different diets I've ever messed with. I think you might be the first person to have said that. Explain what are you talking about. Explain that. So explain that. As traveling, carbs are not terribly sneaky. They look like rice and potatoes and cupcakes <laughs> and cookies. And Whereas sugary, sugary uh, if, salad yeah. dressing. And if you're going to have to eat out, restaurants use fat because it's delicious and it makes everything taste better. So you can't avoid fat eating out. There's just no way you're going to ask them to boil a chicken breast. Why, why did you even go out? So order a ribeye. Every restaurant serves a meat. <laughs> so get that. And if it's not enough, get a second one. <laughs> That's... Like yeah, every have a restaurant, burger without yeah, a bun. That's cheap. Go eat wings. Like, those are easy to look at and be like, there's nothing on my plate here that's a carbohydrate. Let's avoid those. And, I mean, chicken wings and ribeyes or, I mean, whatever you want to do, just don't eat bread. And I, I find it the simplest thing for travel. Yeah, I can even, if you're not a, quite, yeah. even if you're not quite keto macros, that's yeah, something I noticed because right. of, like, carnivore works. Yes. It's not something I want to stay on the rest of my life. And I fucking love condiments. Yes. There are low carb condiments. Yeah, called mayonnaise. <laughs> there, yeah, like, and Primal Kitchen makes a fucking damn yeah, good delicious. mayo. Absolutely essential. But uh I think about those things and it's Yeah, and maybe maybe I'm making a mistake there saying keto when I when what I mean low is low carb. Low carb, high fat. Yeah. Um now I haven't tracked whether or not I'm in ketosis in years. Um, but as long as I'm feeling better. And my markers of, do I feel better? How's inflammation? How does my body feel? Is the scale going the right direction? Yeah. Plus, I think as the, the longer you keep with that, as a physically fit person who's got a fucking jacked frame, right? you're going to process protein at a much higher rate than most people, yeah. right? So those those macros and, and differences in numbers are going to look way skewed in somebody's, like your body, because right. of your activity and how much muscle you have just to maintain that level of fitness, you're going to be utilizing more protein and not necessarily going into gluconeogenesis and and causing you know the issues around energy systems like oh I'm not, I don't have any carbs but I'm not using fat I'm for fuel fine. it's like you don't need to fucking think about that. Well, also I consume enough caffeine that it offsets <laughs> any of that lack of energy and that mobilizes fat. Right, right? so that's, caffeine's that, great for there anybody. you go. There you go. <laughs> the, the biggest stuff that I've started you know trying to tell people now and especially like as I'm getting more into a teaching capacity and less of an athlete. Um, like dietary wise, I try to boil things down to very simple. It's like, look, man, maybe keto is not for you. Maybe this is too complicated, but like, let's, let's keep your calories below this number. If we're going to even track that. And then outside of that, like, how about just be able to identify everything on your plate as a single ingredient? Good luck fucking that up. Like that is cow. It's not a mystery. Like it's not a process thing. Have some, have a steak, have some shrimp, have, you know, whatever else works for you. But salads, like, 
you know, I, people get so caught up with the keto thing, especially when it comes to something like fruit. That's the big loophole of we've all been told fruit's healthy and this and that. And to, to quote Windler, it's like, I've yet to see some 600 pound monster cut out of their house surrounded by apple peels and, you know, yeah, apple cores and banana peels. Fruit wasn't the problem. Fruit's not what's keeping you fat. I promise. It's yeah. the other 200 things that we're eating. Yeah. You know, and so, I mean, if you can keep, the process stuff out, I think that really is what makes the big difference. And I think that's why our grandparents drank and smoked and lived with some serious vices, but lived to be in their nineties. And our parents who got on TV dinners are sick. Hungry man. That was my jam when I was young. And it's not their fault. This was, this was a miracle. You're talking about a generation that followed the great depression that all of a sudden now has food that never goes bad. And you can microwave all of it. (laughs) This is great. We just didn't know. But now we do. And once you know, you don't get to unknow it. Like, that's not how this works. So make the change. You know, same same deal with any of the other bullshit we think is happening with with (laughs) around the world. It's like, once you know, you not knowing is a choice. Yeah. You can't forget that. No. Kind of. It's like being self-aware. You don't get to go back. Yeah, it's like the Matrix. Yep. You take the pill once you, you you choose. Yeah, you can lie to yourself, but that's that's your call. So I wanted to talk with you. We were just outside looking at uh, your gorgeous Tundra, which is outfitted. It has the, been so yeah, for Yeah, the Fundra. Year. The Fundra. Yeah. And uh, you've been working on this for yeah, years. A few years now, yeah. Year, yeah, just, just explain the impetus to create what has become the ultimate travel car because I look at people like, like Simon Rex, you know, dirt nasty, yeah, yeah, good yeah. buddy. Uh, he bought an old RV he called RV Weinstein for a while. I think he changed it because it's politically incorrect. Not even for him. Too, is it? <laughs> it's, it's so far incorrect even for him. <laughs> and uh, you know, of course, uh, Chris Ryan, Dr. Chris Ryan has, I think a, a sprinter van, something nice. like that that's outfitted and he just travels fucking everywhere. And it's one of those things that, that I've, thought of and i've looked at fifth wheels you know you go to burning yeah. man they got like the arctic wolf uh, trick for, decked out and that, that's kind of we started looking at like a tow behind trailer too like the little teardrops mm-hmm. the biggest issue with something like that especially with wanting to go to burning man is like i need air condition mm-hmm. i'm not sleeping in the desert out there or without an escape because from what i understand i'm gonna sleep during the day barely I, yeah, yeah barely yeah. right so some air condition would be nice in that situation but um you know, outside of burning, I mean, burning man's once a year right. at most, but right? the rest of it, yeah, we yeah, travel so a lot. so the rest of it, that's what I want to get into because, you know, you listen to a guy like Henry Rollins on Rogan's and he talks about, I don't, I'm not sure many people can paint the picture of why traveling is so important in life. Better than him. For, yeah, just he's he's the dude. And, yeah. And from that, to shift your perspective, to, Everything. to see different cultures. I mean, fuck, our, our country is full of different culture. It is full of it. And Man, it is, it's super unique, right? Uh, I've been fortunate to travel quite a bit, not a, not a crazy amount compared to freak friends that I have who really travel a lot, but man, I just, I want to fuck off. Like that's, that's the term. It's, it's just fucking off for me. And so like, I want the ability, if I'm going to have this weird life that I don't have a nine to five and I kind of get to do like, I want to, I want to go. I've always loved traveling. Even before, like I got 
the outside sales job that I got to travel. Like I remember being in high school and someone talking about like traveling salesmen. I'm like, you mean there's people whose jobs, they just go to the airport every week and go to a new place. This sounds awesome. And I did it and loved it. And now I'm doing it, but just to support the other things I have going. And so like, man, having that freedom, like with the truck being set up the way it is, like we were on our drive down to uh, to Sulphur to go see my mom for Thanksgiving, and uh, she calls me like we're five hours into the eleven hour drive or something, and she's like, "Hey, I've got the flu. This was on Tuesday, so you guys don't need to be here until Wednesday." I'm like, "We're we're halfway there, and you made a big deal about us getting there early to hang out, like so, huh?" So we just detoured and went to a national forest and camped. Like, we didn't plan that on the ride down, but everything's ready to go. And so having having that other option of always like, we'll just, we'll just punch out over there, we're fine. Yeah, I and think... Being set up at camp, that's the ticket. That's the key ingredient that Aaron Alexander and all these people talk about, Ben Greenfield. It's convenience. Everything we do, you know, you brought up the TV dinner. Why is that so attractive? Because it's fucking convenient. Yeah, because it's already there. You don't have to cook a meal. You can just pop it in the microwave and two minutes later, you're ready to eat. Now, that's not good for you. But you can set up things that are good for you. Right. And make them convenient, right? I bought a hundred, I know I've said this a million times, but I've, I have a hundred square feet of MMA mats in my living room. The reason for that is it's now convenient to get on the ground and, and wrestle, around. do jujitsu, stretch, do yoga, whatever. It invites me to the floor. Sure. Which is important. I have a cold bath at my house. You do as well. Yeah. Because it invites us to use the cold bath. It's always fucking ready. It's always between 35 and 50 degrees. I mean, look, a, per a perfect ready. example of that. Like, so the, the rack that I've got uh, or had in my garage and it's now at my gym um, from Sornex, like I have a, a bar that goes in the middle of it. I've never been one who lifts in the actual rack. I always lift on the outside of it. And then inside the rack, I had my dip horns. And the reason I did that, I was like, because if I have to set those up, I'll never do dips. I need them ready and in place so that I'll use them because I need two less steps to <laughs> yeah. convince myself to use these. And that was always the same with the ice bath or the sauna. Like, if I've got to go to a place, I'm going to use it 30% as much as if I have it, I'm really going to get after it. And I can make it part of my daily practice and how I feel. Like, it's having the foam roller and some of the uh, tempering tools available in the living room when we're sitting around. Cause you know, maybe half the time I'll just grab, get on the floor and start noodling around if we're watching a show. Yeah. And what better that is than like, Oh, wish I could get on the ground and like maybe do something that helps. Yeah. But if it's rock hard, cause you got hardwood or right. some laminate, it's going to not going to invite you there. No, it doesn't no, feel right? good. But yeah, with, with getting back to travel, you've, systematically made it convenient to be able to go anywhere, anytime, to not have to load your truck. It's already got gear in it for everything. And obviously, I think you've taken it a step further than most people would. Yes. Right? And you, But it's it's that invitation. It's the knowing. Right. It's, it's having the fridge. Yeah. We got, we got rid of the ice chest and we wired up a, uh, like a 50-quart fridge in the back of the truck that's on the slider. And so we can cook and meal prep and take food with us, but we don't ever have to worry about buying ice. So you don't ever get that slosh that's in the, the bottom of your cooler or, you know, your wet peanut butter and jelly sandwich that I'd have grown up with on uh, road trips. Um, so we have that's available. And again, it becomes that convenience of like, well, we've got the fridge. It's not a big deal. We always have food. So, I mean, even on long road trips, if we've 
prepped three or four days of, say, meat, even just simple ground meat. I mean, you can stop when I was doing vertical, stop at any Chinese takeout place and just buy white rice. And then you're set. And you got rice and ground meat, mix them at a gas station into a different thing, a Tupperware and microwave and get down the road. And all that is so much better than killing the hour going to a restaurant. It's that it kills momentum with all these stops. And so being able to stay on the road and move and then having the tent set up, you know, it's a five minute ordeal for us to have everything completely deployed, ready to camp. The tent's one of the coolest things I've seen. So it's on a rack. Yeah. So it's on top of the truck and the truck's relatively tall. And so, I mean, you're probably seven and a half, eight foot off the ground on top of that rack. So it's somewhere between tent and treehouse. It's kind of the feel that you have because you're up. And so you get this nice elevated safety feeling of like, no creepy crawlies are going to get in. Um, but it's it's great. Like, so sleeping bags stay in the tent. They just fold up into it when we close it. So everything's ready to go. We have a couple like two strands of twinkle lights in there that kind of keep it mellow. And man, you can just get up there and just once, once you're in it, it's great. It's so cool. And, and that, yeah, that option and... Yeah, the truck, you know, being a four-wheel drive and then getting a little bit of a lift on it and stuff like that make it a hair more capable to get to places people aren't. Because your national forest, you can you can do whatever you want. You can disperse camp anywhere in them that you want. So find a logging road and just drive. And be like, oh, I like this bluff. We'll just set up shop here. Or once you get out west, you got all the Bureau of Land Management stuff. You've got all this public land. You can do whatever you want to on. And man, getting out there and like not seeing a couple, like not seeing people for two days and, you know, driving up to Banff and having your stuff with you and not having to deal with the Airbnb or the camp or any of that type of stuff. And man, our country is so unique. Like I think it gets shit on compared to the rest of the world for a lot of stuff, but it's so unique because I mean, you have the landscape that is Miami, but you also have Montana and then you've also got Sedona. Like, that's all the U.S. Like, nowhere else has that. You don't get to go to Scotland and be like, so where's you guys' desert? <laughs> it doesn't. It just <laughs> yeah. all looks like Scotland. <laughs> same with, you know, same with Iceland. Like, Iceland's a very unique landscape, but it looks like Iceland. There's never this blue, white sand beach, you know, and then you have the Pacific Northwest. And so, like, man, the, the U.S. is very, very diverse and very, very cool as far as land goes. And there's so much of it that's empty and big and beautiful. Like we we stumbled in like Post Falls, Idaho. We were just driving through this area. I hadn't had cell phone service in about an hour. It just keeps reading none, like just <laughs> blank in the corner. And there's a pull-off and there were natural hot springs like on the side of this river. So we hung out there for a couple hours and like soaked in natural hot springs and then got in the river to do contrast and then had wow. our camp set up less than 30 minutes from it. You know, and like, we wouldn't have found that, but we were just, we'll go this way today. And that's, that's for me, what's important. And it's that if I'm not going to have the standard nine to five and a place to be and the life I can build goes this direction, I want to wake up and do whatever the fuck I want to every day. That's, that's to me, the greatest thing I can do with my time is whatever I want to every day with the people I love. And I'm not stuck spending it doing obligated things. And that's kind of what the truck brings this freedom. Like, that's the spaceship. 
All right, guys, very quick break to tell you about a couple things I've been working on. Number one, my wife has put together an amazing ebook that includes 30 plus recipes of our favorite foods to eat around the holidays to keep you trim and slim, keto recipes for dessert, as well as a number of other staples in our diet, ways we cook burgers, all the way to intricate recipes, but everything's easy and simple and highly delicious as well as nutritious and loaded with all the micronutrients your body craves and needs. No matter what diet you're on, outside of being vegan, get this book. It's five bucks at kingsboo.com. In addition to that, I am now launching my inner circle. What the hell is an inner circle? Well, following in the footsteps of great teachers like Ben Greenfield, Jay Ferruja, and others in the fitness field, I'm launching my personal, private, one-on-one coaching and mentorship program. What that means is you will master everything from the physical to the mental to the emotional and the spiritual. This comes with a decent price tag, so if you can't get in on that, I suggest you get me as one of the four coaches in Fit for Service, but you can check all that out at kingsboo.com slash inner dash circle. That's kingsboo.com slash inner dash circle. It's the ultimate freedom. Yeah. Yeah, and setting that up, I think that's that's a key missing ingredient. You know, we talk about plant medicines as tools for healing, also tools for changing perspective, but it's the break in life. It's creating, and, and, and even among plant medicines, like creating space for that event, not to do ayahuasca on the weekend and go back to work on Monday, but creating right. space for it around it. That's why going to Costa Rica, which you guys are yeah. going to do, or or the Amazon can be very valuable because you create space before and after it. But creating a space in life in general, because most people listening to this do have a nine to five. Yep. I got a fucking nine to five. Right. It's not the same as most people's, but I do. I have a desk. Yeah, you have responsibilities yeah. and a place to be. Yeah. And I also have a family, you know, and, and so my ability to just up and leave isn't the same as yours. Right. But at the same time, if I can make that convenient, there's a lot of cool shit. And to it see. makes it con- that's the truth. There's a lot of cool places I can take my family. Well, you're I mean, shoot, you're in Austin, so you're not terribly far from Big Ben, which an amazing national national park that's uh southern texas yeah. the rio grande yeah, yeah so there's a race way, there each year it yeah says, marfa like there's so many cool places just in texas that you guys could get into six hours right and like i mean you could leave friday afternoon when you get off of work camp that night and then you're there and but it's it's a matter of it being convenient now to me it's not get off of work on friday and then figure out how to pack the truck it's like it's ready to go like just throw some stuff in a duffel bag we'll figure it out <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If even if you didn't have the truck and you had a minivan and all that other shit, you could have a a grab and go setup yeah. of all the stuff you need, and you just take that out of the garage, toss it in your trunk, and you're ready to go. Now they make some cool stuff. They make I looked into those for a while too. So they make kind of a pull behind trailer that's like um, a little bit lifted with off road tires on it. A handful of different companies make them, um, and inside that will be like a pull out kitchen spare battery, and then the tent mounts to that. So figure all your camping stuff lives in this trailer and it's always ready to go. So you just back up, hook your truck to it. And, and how much, will those run five, ten? Uh, they'll get ugly. Okay. You can you can spend anything <laughs> you want to on them. Uh, I think Smitty Built makes a pretty cheap, affordable version. And then, I mean, there's, you go Patriot Campers. I mean, you can do 35 grand. Yeah. And those, those fifth wheels are... Cheaper than I thought, but you're still looking at, you know, 35 to right. 50, up upwards of 80 sometimes. Yeah. So, you know, if you're if you're pulling something in like a 350 diesel, you know, then yeah, you you can pull some of those 80 grand. Basically, it's an RV that's just being towed without its Man, own I, driving mechanism. I think I mechanism. took some years off the life of the Tundra when I, I, when I moved the garage gym stuff all the way to uh, St. Louis. I loaded it off in a U-Haul. 
I don't know how much weight I had in that trailer, but all of it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> there's so many times driving back, it was just super sketchy. It felt so heavy. And like would just get shaking over the road and try to accelerate out of it. <laughs> just got there and I was like, okay, let's unload this and then get rid of this trailer and just be very thankful that no one's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, having it all in the truck, that's like such a, a cool thing because you you know you're the truck's capable. It's ready to go and you're not towing something that's going to make it a little wiry on right. black ice or some of these and, harder and that's conditions. that's been so cool for, for Bonnie and I in St. Louis because there's some really neat stuff within an hour of St. Louis. Like you can get pretty far into like, I think Mark Twain national forest. There's some other good spots. There's some great mountain bike trails. Um, and so like we last, the last week that we were home was like a Tuesday and was like, let's just go camp tonight. And we just got in the truck and left. Like we didn't have anything to think about. We grabbed the pillows off the bed and got in the truck and left. And that was it. And we'll wear these clothes tomorrow and come home. We'll be home at 10 a.m. It's not a big deal. We just want to go get somewhere, have a fire, sit outside that's quiet. Our cell phones don't work. And sometimes I need that level of removal to leave the phone alone. Yeah. It's too easy that it's it's work. Like, while I have the freedom, 100% of my income is based on the cell phone and communicating with with people. And so that's my job. But I sometimes got to get away from it because it's too easy to, with what I do for a living, like you'll forget that like, oh, it's Sunday. That's why my my team in Kansas isn't answering anything is because they're not at work. <laughs> no, my bad, guys. Like, I, I don't know what day of the week it is anymore. Yeah. And so I think that's probably a good sign is like, I just... That's a really good no sign. concept what day of the week it is. <laughs> so that's good. That's yeah. And I, I, I just, I love that. I'm actually, it's one of the things that, that I've in following you and being a close friend of yours have come to really appreciate is the way you create space in life. And it's certainly a mirror into things that I need to do more of because oh, nice. I've been traveling a lot for work. I've fucking, I mean, we, we spent four and a half or five weeks in Central America this summer alone, we went wow. to Costa Rica for 10 days. We went oh, to right. yeah. Puerto Vallarta with my family. We went to, uh, and so Bear got to go to Mexico for the first time with all all my nephews, his cousins that are all around the same age. We went to Cabo San Lucas just with all of the crew. savages. You just yeah. Lord I mean, of the Flies down there with all the kids. <laughs> we, we, had, we had, we really have had, I mean, I, I certainly count it as a blessing, all of these circumstances, but 95% of them are work. Right. They're work related. You know, I'm in Tulum for fit for service. Of course. Awesome, of course. But I'm right. working and, but it's, it's work. and it's working in paradise, but it's work. But you're on. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the hard one to explain to people that like, I mean, I've had hard jobs and holding conversations with my friends. I can't list as a hard job, but you're tired after two podcasts in a day, especially like if they were free form and you ran two hours on each, like you're done because uh, it's thinking of the conversation it's different than just you sitting on the couch with your buddy yeah and so it, it's there's some time that you need to figure out that decompression zone too mm -hmm. and i think that's where where the medicine in 2020 right. will be is in actually utilizing being in the center of this country i know from moving here that it's super convenient for work when i need to fly to cali or or new york it's a short flight. If I fly to Costa Rica, it's a short flight. I'm centrally located. It's awesome. But now I can utilize that in the truck 
to get yeah. out and just create that space and do it with my family and get bare out in nature and right. really explore what we have here. And that's that's a big, big thank you to you for that. Dude, brother. and I'm happy to point in the direction of what I've figured out and not figured out via that build, you know, to how to escape. Hell yeah. Um it's always it's for me, I also love the build process. Like I like tweaking and building and trying to get things completely dialed to this never obtainable perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that's really what it ends up being, right? Like it's never perfect. It's always like, well, if we did this, that would be cool. And what if we changed? And you're like, oh, we never use it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's there's been like two things that have been super rad. One being uh, the water tank. I bought this this company Waterport makes it, and it's like a four or five gallon tank, and it's removable, but uh, you can fill it with water. It's got a hose attachment, and then I can pressurize it either with a bike pump or with the onboard air that I've got. And then I've got a shower. I got a hose that we can spray off with, and it's way more than enough for both of us to, sh to clean off. That we use every single day that we've camped, whether that's clean out dishes and rinse pots, or if I've been on a mountain bike ride, clean the bike off, any of these things, it's wonderful. Uh, the other one is this step that we picked up at REI for like 20 bucks. It's this metal hook that hooks into where your door shuts. Like the back door has this like metal kind of a U-shape that attaches to the to the body and frame. And so it hooks to that and then goes down and, and sits. So it's a leverage point. And since that's so stable, that now becomes an easy thing to stand on to reach the top of the truck. Mm. You don't have to climb on the tires. You don't have to do any of this. And like it puts you up two feet higher than just standing in the doorway. That thing has been... I will buy a second one the second the next time I come across one so that I have one on both sides of the truck so I don't have to walk around. That's the convenience, <laughs> convenience. I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> That's super cool. Yeah, I want to outfit the truck like that. Well, let's talk let's talk about some travel that you've been doing. You you said you did three weeks in Iceland. Three weeks in Iceland, yeah. I just got back. It's a man, that place is special. I, I I just love it. And I don't know what my favorite time of year is currently. Falls falls pretty good because you start getting northern lights. And I don't know if you've ever caught that. No. Um, but the Aurora are really neat. Um, it's very strange and very surreal to kind of be out somewhere, especially you can get away from Reykjavik within an hour of Reykjavik. You're in the middle of nowhere. And it's black. Darker than three foot of a cow's ass if you were <laughs> looking for a comparison. Um, it's so dark and then it's cold. And then, I mean, the sky just lights up green. And then it moves. So I haven't had the chance of psychedelics and Aurora, but I'd really like to. Yeah, same. <laughs> um, I think that would play very, very nicely together. It'd be tough to line it up because they don't last all night. Like, you may end up only getting them for an hour. Oh, wow. And That'd be a spectacular show for an hour, though. Be a spectacular show for an hour. Uh, that's really cool. Like getting to see that is, it's pretty, pretty neat. Um, and then Iceland itself, I, it's one of the few places that I try to describe to people as, like, I don't know what frequency I operate at or what the vibrations of that place are, but they line up. It's the second wheels touch down for me. Anxiety drops quite a bit. I breathe better. It's a different culture. Everyone's really polite. It's, 
it's kind of this, it's a really strange thing, right? Their culture, because there's only 300,000 people and they've been around since the year 800. And so there's no anonymity. It is this big tribe that you don't get to be an asshole because you're going to see that person again. And so everyone's nice to each other because of it. Like they don't lock their doors. Like there isn't an issue with crime and it's because you can't hide. It's an island and we all know who you are. And, and there's something to be said about that. Uh, yeah, I don't know how that translates back or if we ever get to go back to that. Probably not. But it is cool to see. And it's cool to kind of be part of it. And I'm very, very welcomed over there. I think this is my 12th time I've been to Iceland. So I've been once or twice a year since like 2009. And it's easy now. Like I'm staying with a friend and we've got a great gym to train at and it's just great. And so we usually rent this camper van while we're there too, this little company. And so we'll stay a few days at my buddy Hasey's house and wash clothes and cook and prep a few meals and go to the gym and then take off for two days and just go find random campsite or a road and set up and no one bothers you. That's it's, incredible. It's the best. And just tuck in and kind of get in sleeping bags and get cozy in the back of the van. Man. It's, it's good, <laughs> man. It's this, uh, it's a upper class homeless, as I'd like to describe my life. <laughs> it's a very, very comfortable homeless. I'm trying to survive in. I love it. Yeah. Where and you've been you've been camping all over the place. You went yeah. to Colorado. Yeah. Where else have you been going? So this summer we did a month. Um, so we left St. Louis. We camped in Kansas. Randomly found this campsite in Kansas that had like 30 miles of single track mountain bike trails. This big lake. Like it looked like they had just put a piece of Colorado dead in the middle of Kansas. It just doesn't make sense that it's there because the rest of Kansas is a waste of anyone's time. Just get through it as quickly <laughs> as possible. And then, you know, a couple days in Denver, so we went around and hiked and checked all that out and uh, stayed with a friend of ours, Jen, and um, which I don't think she's ever actually been at her house when we stay there, but nonetheless, we're, we stayed at her place. And then um, made our way to Salt Lake City and hung out there. I really like Salt Lake City. I think Salt Lake City is a place I need to explore more of because... It's what Denver should look like. It's nestled in the mountains, whereas Denver's just sitting on the plain and the mountains are behind it. Mm. Whereas Salt Lake is stuck right in the mountains and in 10 minutes you're in ski place and you're... It's a pretty cool spot and it doesn't seem crazy expensive. They have a major airport. It could check a lot of interesting boxes. Yeah, Utah is is incredible. I ran an ultra marathon in Zion and I saw how close they, they do. It's like ultra adventures and they go around the four corners of those states. Yeah. But they have uh, Bryce Canyon is a run. They do Zion. They do yeah, a couple other Everything's ones. like four or five hours from Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. You and know? you can fly into Vegas even and hit check off a bunch of them with a super short drive. Yeah. But I, I was just thinking about that. And my sister was considering moving to Utah and I was just like, it's so beautiful there. Utah's super It's rad. incredible. People are super nice. I mean, got the whole Mormon thing going. And that's interesting. Did, did you ever see the Book of Mormon? Oh, yeah. That is, I saw it for the first time with Nate Quarry, who grew up Jehovah's Witness. Oh, all right. And so for, it was really, I loved it. It was fucking awesome. And he loved it as well. But obviously he had a different take because there's certainly some scarring that happens in growing up I'm in a cult. Sure. And, <laughs> uh, and a cult. that's, you know, straight from his mouth, you know, yeah. but his, his, it was really cool to experience that with him and then to talk after. But uh, yeah, total side note. Um, believe whatever you want to believe. Sure. <laughs> so. Right on. The only real hang up I've got of the Mormon thing is that they don't bring up that Joseph Smith was 14 
a whole lot when he <laughs> when he found the tablets and everybody took his word for these things he couldn't produce any physical proof of. He's 14. Eh, no big deal. No big deal. I, I wasn't that bright at 14, so I'm glad no one was taking my word on a lot of stuff. <laughs> We'd be in a bad spot. Uh, so left there, went up through Boise and through Idaho and then in the Pacific Northwest and made our way out to the beach and camped on the, in the sand and then uh, through to Montana, stayed with a few friends there. Montana's rad. We've got some friends that live just outside of Glacier National Park. And so stay there. And then we did a four hour drive up to Banff and camped for a couple nights in Banff and man, Banff national park in Alberta, uh, like where Lake Louise is and all that. And Lake Louise is probably the most photographed thing for Instagram. As far as landscapes go, it's this beautiful turquoise blue lake next to it's like sank in the mountains. And wow. it's, uh, it is extremely crowded, like two giant parking lots, for it and then like another parking lot an overflow lot that's three times as big as both those lots and like a shuttle bus that just brings people all day to come to the lake it's crowded and that makes it suck but it's not overrated it is that beautiful but you can hike around the outside of it and there's no people i mean if you go another half mile down the trail around the lake there's no people and man the place is Banff, Banff's pretty, pretty amazing as far as places I've got to go. Uh, I really want to get back up there and spend more time. Got to see a few bears and some other stuff kind of creeping around. So, um, and then back to Montana and then through, uh, we went down to Bozeman and met a couple of the guys that I work with for uh, Stay Classy Meats and got oh, to yeah. see their uh, bison farm and big 2,200 pound white bison they have that's their breeding they're a big male called a big medicine. Damn, that's so Dude, cool. Big gnarly guy. And I uh, got to just cruise around the truck, like the ranch that the bison are on that we went and uh, checked out. It's like 16,000 acres, which is obnoxious. You figure a square mile is 640 acres. So it's that ranch is bigger than Rhode Island, I think. Wow. Right? Isn't that a little strange that there's private landowners in the country that own more than a state? Like yeah. the King Ranch in in Texas is over a hundred thousand acres. Like Where you can is take that big tours of it, like down south toward Victoria. Okay, like they've got big tours and fishing trips and all types of stuff you can do down there. It's it's and rad. a lot of them are huntable. Yeah, yeah, that's something I've been looking into more because like it, hunting is is surprisingly expensive. Yeah, and it definitely is. <laughs> yeah, when it's that people you know, talk about like, well, I harvest my own meat. Yeah, like by the pound. Why don't you let me know what that costs versus <laughs> going to Whole Foods? It's the experience for sure. <laughs> of course. You know, no doubt about it. But looking for ways to make that more accessible and convenient. I'm just thinking like uh, I get to go on a hunt, uh, which will be bow and rifle. I'm just going to hunt with the bow because it's something I really want to master. Yeah. Um, but that'll be not far from Austin, I think, in... January, December or January with Dr. Paul Saladino, nice. the carnivore doc, and he's got a local guide and uh, a bunch of other cool people are going to be there for it. But just like exploring hunting Texas for a while, you know, and then make my way back out to Hawaii, those kind of things, because that's that to me is kind of the the epic hunting trip you know it's the one that that you, it's oh, yeah, worth saving yeah. up for but for sure right because you can get cheap. out there and access deer and all types mm -hmm. of really cool stuff like now yeah. guy and yeah, I grew up hunting, and for whatever reason, the older I've gotten, I've kind of just, eh, it's not really for me. But you love nature. Do love nature. I like looking at animals. 
I just don't feel the need to kill them. <laughs> but I like eating them. So I realize there's a, a mix up here. Um, but, you know, I fully support like the hunting and all that with Texas. I mean, especially because we, I mean, we have species of animals now due to conservation in Texas and these ranches that are thriving, that are now extinct in Africa where they came from. But since West Texas is such a very similar landscape and temperature, these, these animals are doing great because we're hunting them. And so, I mean, they're culling herds and keeping them healthy and doing the right thing by hurt, you know, by management. And so, I mean, I'm glad all this exists. Um, yeah, I've got to see see both sides of it. You know, I'm not into the whole thing. Poaching shit's so lame. Yeah. Um, and I, I I think it's great that we're taking care of these species, especially on these big giant ranches that kind of, you know, as long as animals aren't caged. Yeah, and it's got to be fair too. You know, I mean, yep. picking off. A deer while it's eating at a trough, I think is yeah. You're, you're seen, pretty much you might as well just go buy something from the butcher, which I'm not opposed to but, either. You know, I, but. I mean, I remember going on a hunt for the old job, and like we had some customers that we had brought out, and as we're out there, like I I got sent to a blind to just kind of go spot, you know, hey, let's see if any good bucks show up. If they do, let's take a photo and let's try to track so that we know this guy comes out for customers and. He's like, hey, if you want any hog show up, you can shoot a hog. Any rabbit show up, shoot a rabbit. We'll cook tonight. I couldn't shoot any of the hogs or rabbits because there were too many deer in the way. Right. Like at, at one point, I counted 30 deer around the feeder. And like, I mean, I could have attacked them with a rock. Like, I wouldn't call this hunting. I didn't need camo. I didn't need <laughs> you know, this high powered rifle. <laughs> like, but hey, hey, I get it. Whatever. It's It's a business people are into it'd yeah. just be real weird to shoot a big deer like that and then put them out on my wall like like we like me and this thing had some the, battle the trophy thing is a weird thing uh jp sears had a fucking great thanksgiving video did you get to see no it? no i didn't so he made a, a tofurkey a tofu you know and it's like you know all the best jokes kind of fuck up everyone at the same time yep. like south park does like yep. you just leave no one no one's safe. not fucked with right, right. And so he makes this turkey out of tofu and then he attacks it. He beats it to death with his gun, you know, and he, he starts <laughs> dumping beet juice on it to show like, here's the fake blood, you know, because vegans want to make everything look like an animal, you know, like the fucking Crazy. Beyond Burger and stupid shit like that. Like we're against this, but we're going to try to recreate it through. And I know we're running out of time here, but no, no worries. Well, we're we're going to recreate it. So it, it looks like cheese or it tastes like cheese or it looks like a hot dog. So anyways, he does that with the turkey. And then he he fucking talks about how proud he is of his kill. He takes the trophy picture with it, holding the head up of the animal after he beats it to death with his gun, his fake tofu turkey, oh, uh, and man. then just gets into all that portion of, you know, like the, the trophy <laughs> hunting thing. Kind of so kind of the ridiculous part of hunting. But yeah, he's like, yeah, it was really, um, it was a battle of me versus this animal and and uh, shooting it at a safe distance, you know, putting my life in danger, you know, and he's like getting into that. And it was, it, it was just, it's, it's a great, great video. I'll link to that in the show notes for people. It's it's funny, you know, it doesn't yeah. matter which side of the corn you're on. Yeah, I mean, if, I can- If you I, hunt, I, I not look, burning hunters, I hunt as well and I love it. I'm not burning vegans, even though I think it's a poor decision health-wise and yes. it's definitely not a solution to climate change or anything else that's going on in the world. Look, I think if you want to eat non-animal-based protein- because you have an ethical reason against it, I'm all for you. If that's the stance you'd like to take, I got your back. But if it's for a health concern, 
it's just not backed by anything. And if, if it's for your own morals and ethics, right on. That's a choice you get to make as a human. And, but where, where, where it gets sticky is that you don't make that decision for me. Right. Right. And I think that's where Rob Wolf and uh, his new book, and obviously I mentioned Paul Saladino is coming on the show in, in a week or so. Um, it won't air right in a week after this, but I'm going to record with him in about a week. You know, he's, he's got his book coming out and he really, really gets into a lot of the actual science around animal byproduct, around animal waste, you know, um, methane, gas, CO2 emissions, all this stuff. And for people who want to know, you know, I, again, that's not me just fucking, I say a lot of opinions on this show. There is a book called The Soil Will Save Us. And it talks about how free range cattle and bison sequester carbon into the ground, heal the soil through the microbiome of the soil and sequester carbon for up to 500 years because they walk through their own shit and stomp it into the ground. Well, that, and I mean, giant herds of buffalo that used to cruise the plains, right? Because they would shit somewhere and then birds come and pick through the shit and then the seeds go back into the earth and then they grow back to grass. And then you would have herds of wolves or not herds or, or I guess a uh, pack. pack of wolves, um, you know, pick off the weak bison from around the outskirts. And this all worked well and kept soil very healthy. It's factory farming is really tough for me to get behind. Yeah, no doubt about you know, it. No and doubt I'm very, it. very fortunate to live in a world that I don't have to get my protein that way. But it's tough, right? Because I, how do you have affordable protein for 330 million people and it all be free-range grass-fed? That's, that's the hang-up. I'm glad that I've got the option to cast my vote with my dollar the way I want to. But you're not... I don't need you to do the same. This is my dollar. Mm -hmm. I don't care how you spend yours. Yeah, I encourage people. I mean, fuck. There's a lot of lot of uh, red flags around the purchase of Whole Foods from Amazon. What's going to happen? Mm -hmm. That kind of shit. But one of the things that's a that's a positive that nobody nobody can argue with is 100 percent grass fed, grass finished, grass finished, not grass finished. Uh, no Sean Connery here. <laughs> the best type of grass fed, grass finished cattle. It, their ground beef is, I think, price locked at five ninety nine a pound now. Wow! Right, so it's way more affordable on a consistent basis if you're going to go to a Whole Foods. Uh, if you want to go in on a cow with three other friends and get a quarter cow each, but you're purchasing the whole cow, that's an excellent way to get really it's good, a really good way meat, right? Yep. And you, your boys at State Classy Meats, uh, Butcher Box is has been a sponsor of the show, and yep. they make very good products as well. Yeah, there's definitely options out there. Yeah, you know. Um, I think those those things have done a bigger thing for me mitigating pain and feeling better. I think nutrition's been a big part of it, which makes total sense if I'm if I was just shoving mud into the gas tank of my truck, it runs really poorly. So why would my body operate differently? The fuel I'm putting into it is gonna depend on how well the machine runs, since that's where it's getting the energy. Like that makes complete sense to me on a very I like dumbing things down for my rock-filled head. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, this makes sense, right? That if we put better fuel in it, it tends to run better, run a little smoother. And, and everything works better right? from your state of mental, your, your, your cognition, your mental energy, your inflammation, all the old injuries seem to vanish. All that stuff happens because of what you put in your body. Yeah, you don't get that, you know, spikes with insulin and the weird hunger and then the dying in the middle of the afternoon, craving sugar and 
all that stuff that comes with it, man. And then, you know, IBS or, you know, bowel issues. Like, man, when things, when you do feel it, like the first time that everything kind of lines up. And like, for me, it's, I like the fasting in the mornings. And when all that feels right, it's like, oh, it's just simpler. Like, uh, the biggest thing I could recommend to people with a fasting, especially the longer fast, was a side effect of that. Like, I did a, a two-day. And um, the side effect of that that I thought was interesting is you have a lot more time to do stuff because you're not thinking about food or you're thinking about it, but you're not getting any. So you don't have to go to the store or go to a place like or cook or you're just like, oh, well, I don't know what to do that next hour because I don't have to eat. <laughs> yeah, it, it frees up bandwidth also. Right. That's something that I mentioned before, like why, why a float tank? Why sensory deprivation? Well, when you take all these external factors out, like sound body temperature, uh, gravity, because you're, you're pretty much weightlessness in there. Uh, you take out sights, pitch black, you, you add all those components and that frees space in the brain. And it allows you to see things from different angles. It opens yeah. up perspective. It opens up the bandwidth because it's clearing. Food takes a lot of resources to process within our body. Even good, clean food does. So when you eliminate that, you increase the bandwidth. And right. shit you've been trying to solve for months that in, intuition just gets kicked on and you're able to see things and look outside the box from different angles on it. So I, I think of fasting, you know, even, even though I consider it to be a spiritual practice, it's very much a logical practice. It's very yeah. much, you know, like, um, what's the term I'm looking for? This There's a triangle of meditation and, uh, damn it, what are the three? Well, anyways, my point is we have we have this this doing, and then we have this being. And you could say being is, is a meditative place. But in between the two of doing and being is contemplation. It's the soft thought where you're not attached to it that you can actually unravel what's going on in life. And contemplation is way better when you've taken out some of these external factors, sure. either contemplating in a float tank or, or contemplating on a fast. And so I think that's there's a lot of medicine to that too. I agree, man. And there's it, everything to me, I, I guess I've always enjoyed the experimenting and whether that's physical training and trying a new product or tool or a new exercise or, or, all right, let's go try hot yoga, you know, and something I would put into my off season training once my season was over. Okay, let's start rebuilding the base again and get the body moving again and get rid of some of these aches and pains and reconnect, um, you know, and try it. But so many people will just shut stuff down from the idea of it of like, no, what do you mean? You don't know. And like, I guess one of the one of the tools that a friend of mine who went through AA and all that got that I really liked was, you know, kind of their, the deal with the higher power. You know, I would say my friend is not Christian in any way, but, you know, that's a big part of the, the AA thing. And, um. He said, like, talking to the person, you know, kind of having a struggle with that bit of it. And they're like, well, look, do you think there's parts of the Bible that are valuable? And he's like, yeah. He's like, when you think there's parts that aren't? And he's like, of course. And he's like, so just use the parts that are good and don't stress yourself out about those other bits. And I think training or, or travel or, you know, any of that you can add in. Like, it doesn't all have to get lumped into this. It's all great or it's all bad. It could be good for you and maybe not totally beneficial for me. But find out, you know, 
experiment and maybe you find that thing that's really important to you. And one of those for me was travel and being outside. And I didn't realize I missed that as much about training for the Highland Games as I did was I got to throw outside four days a week and compete outside and be kind of alone. And even though it's a green field with grass in the middle, you know, outside of a parking lot, I'm outside. I'm not in the gym. Yeah. It is fresh air. It is a green space. It is this clearing time that I get this mindfulness because I was good enough at throwing that I don't have to focus on throwing the whole time. I can just go through some movements and let my head clear. And so finding that proficiency in a thing is meditative. And try stuff and play and experiment and have fun with it and see what's out there. And I mean, hell, at least know you don't like a thing. <laughs> nothing wrong with that, right? Be like, no, that is not for me. Yeah. Like uh, the fermented shark in Iceland. I know how that tastes, and it's not good. <laughs> I recommend you try it, but I know it tastes bad. It tastes like a big mouth of piss. <laughs> well, shit, dude, we got to jump on your podcast now. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna. I'm gonna. What, what's the name of your podcast? Uh, um, so the um, so podcast. The um, so yeah, um, so it's named that since that's uh, typically how I'll stutter in the middle of talking to people. It's like um, so. And so we just went with that. I didn't want to have it, you know, too dedicated to lifting or any of these other things. I really wanted it open-ended so I can talk to whoever I want to, whether that's, you know, experts in a field like yourself or Kelly or, uh, my help, Stone Cold on for an episode, but I've also had my best friend since third grade, Dant. You know, it's conversations with people I like. Fuck yeah, brother. So. It's excellent. Always excellent having you in town. Always a pleasure. And always excellent having you on the show. Where can people follow you online? Uh, I hate Matt Vincent on Instagram. I think if you search Matthew Vincent, I'll pop up. I think I've, I've become the most popular Matthew Vincent. This is going well for me. <laughs> um, have YouTube channel, uh, Matthew Vincent, and then uh, the Umso podcast. Dope, brother. Yeah. Well, let's do it. Cheers. Thank you guys for listening to today's show with my dude, Matt Vincent. Uh, hit us up online. We link to his stuff in the show notes as well as mine. And be sure to check out kingsboo.com where you can get all the nitty-gritty stuff, what I'm into, which guests are coming up, what I'm reading, and any little guinea pig acts that I'm doing to explore consciousness differently, tap into myself, or simple new workout routines that I've got going on. All will be included alongside a book list. So we've got a book list coming out at the end of the year. We realize a lot of people like to read that follow this podcast, and I will list some of my all-time favorites in the book list. So check that out at kingsboo.com. Leave me your email, and you'll be included in all of that. Thank you guys for tuning in.